Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream, a show where I speak with the rare few who make their living in the world of entertainment. Big thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Thanks also to Tom Burns for the artwork and Diana Lawrence for the original music. Please share with me your thoughts on iTunes. Leave a comment. Rate the show. Send me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode, I talk with married couple, actors, dancers, entertainers, Seth and Jen Bazakas. All right, this is Living the Dream. My name is Rich Baker, your host, and I have with me Seth and Jen Bazakas, a married couple, uh, my first married couple, so I'm uh, super excited about that. Two entertainers that uh, work together. So how long have you guys been married? Uh, just about ten months. Ten months, so pretty much newlyweds. Yes. Uh, and how long have each of you been uh, doing this thing we call entertainment for full-time? Uh, I, for myself, I... For full-time, I'd say it's been about two years. You know, I started doing professional stuff uh, in summers of college and stuff. Been out of college for a couple of years now. I've been doing it since then. Wow. Same here. <laughs> so you've yeah. both been married the same amount of time, and you've both been doing entertainment yeah. the same yeah, amount yeah, of time. Yeah, we did. We both met in college doing, you know, musical theater program kind of thing. Awesome. So uh, when did you guys meet, like, as like in life? Um, we met freshman year of college. Oh. Yeah. Week before. Week before school Welcome started. Week. Yeah. You met before class even started? Before class even started, wow. yeah, it was kind of cool. We had our eye on each other, we tried to sit by each other and you know, candlelight D, though. You know, tried to make it happen. Yeah! <laughs> uh, we basically dated all through college. We, we, we started out as friends for like a good six months or so like that, and then uh-huh. just kind of never never left each other. And this was at Abilene Christian, right? Uh-huh, yeah, in Texas. Uh, now, going into college... Uh, did either one of you, did both of you know that you wanted to be entertainers, or how did that work out? Yeah, we both definitely, I mean, I think we both definitely did. I knew I did. I was, my mind was on, you know, be professional. She actually was not in the plan. Um, but I was, I was like, I'm going to leave college, I'm going to go to New York or L.A. and work, and I, that was my intent of going to school, and I was kind of focused on entertainment. And I think she was too, which is why it, it worked out so for both great. of us. We're like, let's do this together. Oh, teamwork. Okay. So, Seth, where are you from originally? Uh, Southern California. Okay, Kobe. so like, at what at what point in your life did you go? Uh, you know what I want to do the rest of my life. You know, it was was weird. I, it wasn't until later. I would say like in middle of high school. I did you know a lot of community theater and stuff like that growing up since I was little, and I always oh. enjoyed it and and loved it. I guess partway through high school, I started feeling. Uh, an aptitude toward it, I realized how much I truly did enjoy it, as well as I got a lot of outside, um, just people saying, you know, you, you, you could work in this, or you do well in this, and I, it gets your mind at that, I guess, at that age, kind of going, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I can, and I found that there's nothing else that I enjoy as much, <laughs> if I didn't do, the, sometimes I find myself like, man, this is ridiculous, you know, you know, we're what working, life, really. what a silly life I'm living, but <laughs> if I were to quit... I can't think of anything else I would want to do more. So, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Jen, what about you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Texas. Okay. And Kathleen. did you grow up thinking? I, what did, what did yes. You? Well, my parents are both in theater. My dad's a director. My mom's an actress. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So it's kind of in my blood. Right. And I've been in shows since I was a baby. So it's kind of... <laughs> you didn't have a choice. I, didn't, I did not have a choice. No, I definitely um, love it and taken after my mom and my dad and... Um, so it, I've just been doing it pretty much since I was born. Wow. So and did was there ever, like, a point where you went, 
I'm, I've been doing this, but I want to make it a living, or, or did you entertain other career options? Well, in high school, I was um, I did theater and art, and so when I was looking at colleges, I was kind of, you know, interested in maybe being an art major, but um, theater is just so embedded in me that I just was like, what am I doing? I'm definitely doing theater, you know, um, so I just, I went that route, too, and um, I wanted to go to Christian school, and so Avalon Christian has a great theater program, and so that's why I, I chose that. And it was in my hometown, so. So, are you two one of the two of the rarest people on this planet that didn't change your major at any point in college? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, especially sophomore year. There's times where I, I questioned it and stuff. As you start to like the reality of bills and like <laughs> as your college things are like you're having to pay for things, and you're like, what what kind of career am I? You know, building myself toward and stuff. Yeah, it's just so unstable. Question back and, and forth, uh, a lot of things like that. I think we we went through conversations and questions, but uh, we we stuck it out and uh, don't have any regrets at this point. Nice. And as a couple, we've had to do a lot of discussions about taking tours. You know, we sure. we decided not to get married um, right after college and wait a year and um, both move to the city and kind of figure out. How the city worked, and I'm sorry, by the city, you mean New York. City. We went yes. to New York, yes. yeah. <clears throat> and you know, just giving ourselves a year to kind of understand the business, and then we did get married a year later. And talking about, you know, our careers are just getting started, so tours are kind of a big option for us. You know, that's there are a lot of non-equity tours out there. There's, you know, a lot of things are becoming tours, so it's just kind of. This big elephant in the room, like, okay, well, if one of us gets a tour, are we going to take it? That you know? into it. Maintaining a relationship with the, within this business, you know? Yeah. It makes an, It's not just a non-conventional profession. It's, it makes for a non-conventional relationship at times, you know? Right. Spending a lot yeah. more time apart than people normally would. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and just to... So my audience knows is that uh, Seth is working on the Pride of America with me right now, and Jen is visiting. Uh, but you, how many weeks have you been working on cruise ships where she hasn't? Um, gosh, uh, this year, this spring, I've worked a total of eleven or twelve weeks on the ship uh-huh. so far, and she's been a part of that for like three, four, and going to be four now. Yeah. So, and but we had to make a, you know, that's making a sacrifice in and of itself, you know, both financially or whatever, for her to come on that often. But that's one of the things we said when we take a job, we decide, hey, I can work this chunk of time, then we can afford to bring you up for this chunk of time. We're not going to go this long without seeing each other. And as you know, there's times where you have to take a job to take a job to survive. But as we're getting further along in our careers, that factors into it. You know, I'm not going to take a job, or she's not going to take a job where we can't work it out for her to come and visit frequently. Yeah. You know, but even that being said, you know, we've spent a good portion of this spring and summer apart. Right. Right. Uh, and you, you both uh, act and sing. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Jen, what have you been? I know that uh, Seth has been part of the Oh What a Night crew, the Frankie <laughs> Valley tribute group. But uh, what have you been up to? Well. Um when I first moved to New York, um, I did Babes in Toyland at the Lincoln Center. Nice. And um, that had some dancing in it, mostly singing. Um, and that's just a, a fun show, and it was really cool to perform there in New York. And um, and then after that, I did some concerts with that same uh, group that mm-hmm. put on um, concerts for young kids. So that was really fun, kind of teaching them about the orchestra and have sure. a little skit in there as well. <laughs> and... Um, and then just lately we did um, 
How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. We got to do that tour together. You did that tour last year, mm-hmm. and yes. then you're doing it again this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. How were you able to kind of manage that? That was a crazy was a experience. <laughs> it, we should tell the whole story. Yeah, we, we went into it differently. I had an appointment for my agent uh-huh. um, for Max, character I played, the Grinch's dog. Uh-huh. And I went in for it, and I got a couple of callbacks, and I was like, went to Jen, I was like, hey, this is going well, this audition process. You should jump in. There's an open call. You know, we got to at least try. You okay. Know? It, um, and so she went to the open dance call, mm-hmm. like, later, uh, a week later or whatever, and uh, got kept. And at this point, you know, not, our last names were not the same. We weren't married yet during the audition process. We were going to be get married between the time of the auditions and then the tour. So it was a big question mark for us if we were even going to jump into a tour right away unless we got it together. She went to the open <coughs> dance call. Things started clicking away for her uh, really well. I flew away for a wedding. I missed final callbacks. Oh, wow. But then she stayed and did them. But then they called me. I mean, it was a very convoluted process. Auditions back and forth of two weeks, of which we were both never in the same room at the same time. <laughs> never called in even on the same day, running completely separate. Mm-hmm. Um until the very end, uh, we were able to mention, and something we do more and more often now is if, if it goes along far enough to talk to the casting directors, say, hey, we're married, we're both part of the process. Sometimes they like that. It makes for a happy tour. Um, we're able to mention it, but I got the phone call that uh, I got the role. So there's, that, like, immediate excitement, you know. Sure. Um, and it was but on then, a Friday, right? But it was on a Friday, and I was like, but they're like, we haven't called out for any other things yet you know basically cast like the Grinch and Max and a few other people at that point point. and so it's like and I'm excited but I'm like oh. till the next week uh, I'm not quite I couldn't let my excitement oh, go no. we're like, so then uh, was like a whole were you hesitant to even tell her uh, no I told her that I got it okay you know and she was trying to be excited for me but I wasn't sharing my excitement completely because I knew she was waiting so anyway we go back to our day job she's working at Starbucks I'm catering we're just kind of waiting you know uh, and then finally <laughs> that that call came to her um, but it was actually like two weeks later. It took so long. And she called me a message from Starbucks. I was in the middle of waiting tables. I got it. I was like freaking out. I told my boss, got to go. <laughs> run, I run. I was at Wall Street. I ran all the way up to Midtown where she was doing Starbucks. Yeah. Big old celebration in the middle of Starbucks. Because then, you know, we got both to leaving our jobs. <laughs> quit those jobs and we hit the road together shortly after our honeymoon. It was pretty awesome. Wow. How long was, was that tour for? Oh, man. Since it was the first time it was put up, like, uh, for this kind of the way they structured this tour, we rehearsed for a few, Two three weeks, weeks in and then almost a month worth of rehearsing with tech and everything. And then we uh, toured for two months. Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. And is it going to be about the same this year? About the same. We're going to, since a lot of people are returning, and it's like, she's returning, and say the good news, they've offered her to be the dance captain. Nice. that's a big bump up and exciting for her. Now, for those of us that may don't work in the Broadway world, what does dance captain mean? Dance captain is, um, I guess I'll learn everybody's tracks, and I'll have it all written down in a big book. And, um, And then when we go on tour... Um, the director and the choreographer don't go along with us, and I kind of stand in as both of them. And I'll sit out every week um, of one for one performance and watch the show and take uh-huh. notes. I see. From a movement standpoint, yeah. everybody. Wow. Yeah, and I'll and I'll give everybody notes or whatever. You know, make sure to to be a little bit more to the left here, or you know, the stance move wasn't right. Or, so definitely, you know. like a, a 
somewhat directing role. Yeah, it's sure. kind of interesting. Everything shy of actually <clears throat> against Captain can't give acting notes necessarily because well, the stage manager will kind of take care of that. Sure. And the the conductor will take care of music. Just notes. spatial. But it's spatial, issues, and it's a dance show. It's a musical, so she has to know everybody's dance part too. And are you both uh, trained dancers as well? Yes. yes. Okay, so you're, you're the standard, what I call New York triple threat of, I sing, I act, I dance, yes, Broadway! Yeah. Broadway, yes, exactly. Um, if you, now obviously the show that you're uh, about to do, the tour that you're about to go on, you get to do all three. If, uh, and this is for both of you, uh, if, if you had, let's, let's say that someone offered you a role that was just acting, no singing, no dancing, or just singing... Or just dancing. Would you be happy with that? Oh, bring it on. Yeah. We, we love the craft. I, I think, of course, we would be happy with that in terms of long term. I think there would be a piece that we'd want that to would feel the missing. Of us. Um, you know, in, in, in all honesty, I think uh, from, from, my sa- sa- from my sake, uh, if there's not acting involved, I would always feel... <clears throat> like there's a piece missing, you know what I mean? Uh, just just singing or just dancing, I don't think would solely be be my strength completely. I'd I'd love to play roles, or at least if you're just singing, I guess you can bring a lot to to life in just singing and dancing. But I would I would miss that the most. I think you'd miss acting the most. Yeah, I would. Jen, what about you? Are you more? About yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense because that's kind of the 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 basis yeah, of the core. Yeah. You know, how you build on top of everything else. And the singing comes from what you're feeling, and that involves the acting. And, you know, I don't know. I think that's kind of like the core part of Yeah, I think as a whole, we do it, or at least I think our philosophy of how we've been trained and how we like to push ourselves in this career is we're actors at the at the core who do these other things, and these are other ways that we have are uh, able to express what we're trying to express to the audience. You're actors who can also sing and dance, but right. you're actors. We're acting. We're acting through the singing. We're acting through the dancing. We're telling a story just as much as we were if we were telling a narrative yeah. verbally. Uh, so it kind of leads me to, Seth, when, when you do Oh, What a Night, which... Uh, I doubt any of my listeners have seen, but right. uh, you, there's hardly any acting in that show. Is that right? Does that kind of feel a little like you're? It's taken me a little while to learn how to be more of just uh, uh, kind of a showman right? entertainer. And as I take those songs, I try. I've really tried to create when I get to sing a solo, somewhat mm-hmm. of a an arc and a character or an expression of with what I'm saying in that. Uh, though there's a, some sense of it's very presentational, which is somewhat new for me yeah. uh, to, to be completely presentational in a number. Um, I try to, uh, maybe more so than other guys, I, I try to embody Frankie himself a little bit, you know, oh, okay. in that one, or just for my own sake. Uh, the the tech, like I said, with the text and things like that, it's more of just like a presentational fun thing. Um, so I've just learned to enjoy it and do a presentational thing, and uh, it's it's been fun and it's been great for me to learn how to do that kind of uh, that kind of showmanship, which is different than what I normally do. It's right on the edge of a musical theater vein, going into more of a just a kind of entertainment in general lounge Vegasy kind of thing. I don't know. It's, sure, it's always good to do different projects and stuff. It's fun. Absolutely. Well, and it doesn't hurt that it, it pays pretty well. I assume that's right. That's right. Anything it's on a cruise day. ship is not. I don't know about you, but when I'm on land. Rarely will I ever make the, the money that I make on cruise ships, and that, just because you get to save a lot. You get to save a lot. You don't have living expenses, and they, and they pay you well to be out here. You know, it's a big commitment to 
they pay you half the time, not just for your performance, but the fact that you're here for the long haul. Yeah. Every week, you're here, available. And they feed you. And they feed you. Yeah. Would, so uh, it's a great gig. Would you? Are you guys writers as well? Do you write at all? We. I do a little bit of songwriting. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I guess growing up, my brother and I kind of, that was something that we did together. He would write amazing lyrics, and then I would put it to um, music and I would sing. New play instruments? A, a guitar and a little uh-huh. bit piano. Okay. Just by ear. I have. I don't really read music with piano, but with guitar I'm starting to read more tabs and stuff. But Yeah. So songwriting a yeah. little bit. We've toyed with writing. We haven't jumped into writing yet, but as you get further and further in the career, um, it, gosh, I, we feel like things are, are, are sticking out to us. Things are changing, I feel like, in the way the business is going since... I guess it's weird to say, but since the recession and the way things are kind of switching, I think it's a good market right now for a lot of up-and-coming ideas. I think a lot of grassroots theater companies, uh, production companies, you know, film companies are taking root and getting a getting a shot right now. Yeah. And so that's something we're kicking around with our friends in New York and ourselves. Are like the the idea to to write and or and or direct be be part of a whole and still act is where our which is where our passion is is starting to become more of a reality. It hasn't pen hasn't hit the paper yet, but the conversations are definitely there about maybe this is the time to jump into the writing game because sure. um, it seems like a time where a lot of new ideas and projects are being accepted uh, and new ideas. Maybe maybe let's do this thing differently. Not everything can be a blockbuster thing, so right off the get-go. I don't know. And Seth and I, we when we talk about you know making our careers and how we want this to go and which direction and all that, we talk a lot about how important it is to make your own opportunities. And so I guess writing kind of falls into that, too, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, having friends that, um, you know, do certain things uh, along with the show process and then us, you know, maybe filling in some spots that need some help. And you kind of make your own opportunities. You create your own projects, and that's how you can be a part of something as well. Right. So, like, um would so I know like on these cruise ships you've probably seen a lot that there's some like married couples that do like a piano lounge act or something like that. Is it would that be something that you would ever like try and let's put together a show as a couple and try yeah, and sell it to different things? Sure, definitely. We we talked about that a lot. Just how fun that would be. We, that's something we actually started piecing together after my experience with oh what a night someone of just like man how could we make that happen? You know, it's very it's very lucrative. Just talking purely business. You know, if you can get a good holding, especially on a place like this, it'd be wonderful to be together. We can do what we love to do. I think. Um, gosh, like you said, you do so many different things as an actor to to make a living, you know, yeah. to piece it together. Um, I think we would absolutely love that, and that's something that we talk about and would love to do. I, would that artistically satisfy you in every way? No, but what project does completely. You know, I think there'd be still that hunger for other projects. But sure. how wonderful to be able to do something like that, which is fun and you love to do, and that pays your bills, and then you go and work this other project, even if that project itself isn't lucrative, you know? Sure. It gives you the freedom to do, you know, this play here or this there. You know, it's neat. But, yeah, we do kick that idea around often, so seeing how that might play itself out. Now, if I, uh, if I don't trust anything you, you don't want to talk about, this is just going to be three or a quarter at the moment before it goes to, so feel free to stop me, but um, you mentioned that you really want to go to Abilene Christian because you want to go to Christian school. Does that um, influence what roles you would or would not take as an adult? Um, yeah. Well, for the most part, um, 
the main thing that I would choose not to do is nudity. Oh. And that's just kind of a personal thing myself. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But right. for other roles... But it's okay um, for Seth to do nudity? <laughs> Yeah, what right. Is that? How do you feel about um, that? I, I don't think I have. There's the, you never need, do the need for me to be to be nude. Uh, that hasn't come up. Um, we'll see. You're you a know. good-looking guy. I'm just saying. Someone might say, you know what? You know what? Willie Loman, instead of a salesman, should be naked the whole time. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but I don't know if that... Uh, we both come from a faith angle, and I'd say more than anything how it in- informs and affects our art. Everyone always asks the role you would take or not take, you know, uh-huh. like that. And, yeah, sure, I think – but I think that goes across the board whether anybody has a faith or uh, whatever their moral ethic is on anything. I don't think – like nudity is an overtly uh, Christian decision yeah. opposed to other people's opinion on doing something like that on stage. Mm-hmm. I think where uh, our faith more informs us as our artists is the way we – or try to inform ourselves as a way we act and interact uh, with the people we we work with, and mm. how and um, trying to lead with an a, uh, gosh with an aspect of acceptance and love, and uh, we try and bring in an encouragement aspect into the way we function within the art community. Sure. Uh, that being said, you know we will play dark roles. You know, I yeah. mean, we we believe in telling a redemptive story. It's hard oftentimes when there's a story that you don't see. The right way, I think there's a time and place for that, though. But, I mean, come on. You have to play the darkness in order for the light to be seen, you know? It's just, someone has – you know, even if you're telling a Christian story, man, someone would have to play the devil, right? Not that we have any, any, any desire to play <laughs> um, some overt Christian story. Well, sure. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But um, – so I guess that could be a misconception that, you know – I mean, as artists, we're telling stories. And I think faith is real and deals with real people. And as an actor, why wouldn't we – portray real people, real situations, real scenarios. So just as a for instance, like, would it bother either one of you to play, and I'm sure there's way better examples of this, but like Inherit the Wind, where it's a play about kind of going at, making a ridiculousness about, uh, it was Clarence, you know, the, the Clarence Darrow versus, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, about like, the, the, the Bible couldn't be, all this stuff is ridiculous, it, it's really, it comes from a... I think, depending on the director, from an atheist point of view, would that bother you, or...? Uh, I think there would be kind of a fine line if it's blasphemy to our religion, or... You know, I I would probably feel uncomfortable if I felt like the end of the story that we're telling is saying, there is no God, Uh you all are ridiculous. I I probably wouldn't feel comfortable with, like, such a strong... Yeah, it's more. You know, of a, it's not the specifics within a role. It's the overlying, I think, ar- arc and storyline of a story. Now, if you're in a show where there's someone who strongly disagrees with that or is poking fun at that, you know, but then it maybe a show shows there's other opinions out there, uh-huh. you know, or maybe there's a show that's saying these people are wrestling with that idea and they're not really sure, or you know, um, could bring then, then maybe yeah, then yeah, but something that would overtly be like the claim of art. Because I think as artists, you have to look at. You know, over and above playing the bills or just portraying a character, you have to look at what are we saying? What kind of story are we delivering to the people? And if the overlying line of the story is to mock somebody's religion, ours or somebody else's even, yeah. um, I don't think that's a story that I want to be part of. If it's something that questions it or pokes fun at the obvious stereotypes even within Christianity or everything else has, you know, I think there may be – you look at what the story says, and maybe that's actually enlightening in some ways. Yeah. But I think in terms of roles we don't take is there's stories out there that I don't think are 
beneficial or need to be told. So if they ever do a live version of Showgirls, maybe not so much. <laughs> I don't know if that's a story that needs to be retold. I, mean, I don't think it is either. <laughs> I, I, can, I can only imagine someone that I know what movie should be a Broadway show. <laughs> but I think it's true that all the Frankie Valley songs, if you play them backwards, it says that Satan is my master. Yeah, that's, a, that that's a difficult thing. We have to... <laughs> something that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's right, right? It's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty freaky thing, you know. Frankie Valley really was a... Those Italians, man. yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, if uh, so, if, if I'm talking about something that you don't want to again, uh, you're as a married couple. A lot of people, I feel, particularly in our generation, uh, really not even just actors deal with the idea of should we have kids? Is this the kind of world that uh, we can make enough money for children? I feel that that's uh, like an argument that we hear from people with hundred thousand dollar year jobs, from actors. Uh, it's even more of a like conversation of wow, how do we bring a child into a life where one of us or both of us could go on tour for six months, or we could not have health insurance? Blah blah blah. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that something yeah. that you guys have toyed with, talked about daily? Yeah. <laughs> it's a conversation, uh, but we both definitely want to have kids. Um, we're, that being said, we're we're um, gonna wait for a while. Sure, and both you could young. say you yes, you could say you know. Then once we're stable, it will happen. Let's be real. That's probably never going to completely happen. Yeah, I don't Stability, think any, I don't right? think anyone ever gets unless you win the lottery is ever to the point where you're like, you I have stable. enough money for a child. Right. Yeah. I think maybe more stable in our situation. Hopefully, maybe not financially, but at least knowing we'll be able to stay in one place a little bit. I mean, I we know we it's going to take sacrifice. Gonna... We don't know the future. I mean, that's what's Obviously. great and terrible about this business in particular. This sure. you can't plan. Gosh, you can't plan a sink a couple months ahead. It seems like you know. Um, but you know, we know it'll take sacrifice, just like a relationship to take sacrifice. There are going to be gigs that we will decide we can't take or can take because we're going to commit to be there for our children. At some point, we're going to have to say we are going to commit to have a family, um, whether this means it may, you know, when it probably will mean this may hinder our career here or there, or I may have to take an avenue where I take these gigs that allow me to stay, you know, yeah. or, you know, maybe I do have to do a little more of this side job stuff that I didn't want to do, but. Um, it's worthwhile in the, long run. in the long run because, you know, and I think that we're not at that point yet where we oh, want to course. make that, but yeah, those are the kind of conversations we're kind sure. of having. Like, that's my first married couple I had to ask. That's my no, that the conversations we're having is like knowing, all right, at some point we're going to have to be able to, there's a sense where you die to yourself a little bit to, for to have kids, I think. Um, yeah, it's all about them. It right? becomes about them at one point. Because they are useless. We have to they decide can do that. Nothing they can for do themselves. Nothing for themselves. Get a job, baby. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, well, maybe we'll put them in commercials and they can pay our rent. Love it. First of all, <laughs> love it. Uh, and obviously, they would have dimples, uh, so they'd be cute. Uh, people who are listening to this can't see that. Uh, but um, like, if uh, if you know, and, and Lord knows, I, I I hope that you have the, the greatest careers ever. But like, if you had kids and it just wasn't working out, would either one of you consider it like a surrendering or like a giving up if you had to take a job maybe teaching as opposed to performing or something like that? Uh, gosh. I, I don't think so because I think that decision would have to be made ideally prior to the kids. Sure. Um, and that would be we're choosing this way of life um, over and mm-hmm. above this way of life. Um, and I could see one or either or both of us maybe making that switch. Um, 
I, that being said, I think art would always be a part of it. I think we'd, we'd make that switch and purposely plant ourselves within a city or community that has a thriving art scene sure. so that we still could mm-hmm. perform on a good level, but just not have to worry about that being our bread and butter. Yeah. Um, right. But I think that decision of saying, are we giving up on making, you know, the dream, you know what I mean, happen for kids? And I, like I said, that all plays into the conversation of, of timing. And at what point are we content with just doing good art and not necessarily it being Broadway on the silver or screen or Broadway or right. whatever, stuff like that. And that's part of the conversation of when do you have the kids and when do you sure. put that on hold or whatever, too. Worst job you've ever had that wasn't in the in the biz? <laughs> oh, gosh. You go ahead. Well, I first. worked at Starbucks. <laughs> um, in Times Square. Got to add that bit. Yeah. Well, I worked at Starbucks in college because I was like, you know, there's a Starbucks on every corner. I can transfer and that will be the Absolutely. job that I'll do. Sure. But what I didn't realize is that it pays the same in Abilene, Texas, as it does in New York City, which uh, is just not... Cost of living, I think, is slightly different, isn't right, it? Right, uh, exactly. So sure. that was rude. kind of a, a rude awakening for me. Um, and it just kind of became my life because I had to work overtime every week just to, you know, get rent. So that was pretty rough. And the time working in Times Square was just awful. Just... I bet. <laughs> too many people, too many tourists. Yeah, that's rough. And, you know, I worked the closing shift, so I was getting home at, like, 2 in the morning. So that was its own yeah, deal as rough. well. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the worst job. I mean, there are benefits about it. I mean, the reason why I did it is because it does have insurance. Oh, and I know that plenty was, of Chicagoans who use Starbucks for help. Yeah. yeah, Starbucks. I mean, sure. And that's why I did it. And then when uh, Obama's plan went through of, I can be on my parents' insurance until I'm 26, then I was like, well, I'm quitting <laughs> there you Starbucks. Go. So, so what was your worst job? <laughs> um, I did clean toilets for a time. Yeah! <laughs> that was disgusting. Public public restrooms. Uh, well, uh, yeah! Which is awesome. It was decent pay, and it was flexible hours. Um, that, was whole, uh, that wasn't in New York. that? That was to get money for college. Uh <laughs> But that being said, also, gosh, waiting tables is such a love-hate relationship. I've had some terrible restaurant jobs, you know, where you just wanted to end your life. And you work, you're working a double shift. You work 12 hours straight where they didn't give you a break. Of course, they don't feel the need to feed you at this restaurant, you know, in particular. And it was, you know, you just, it pays the bills. That's why so many actors do it, man. You can't beat bartending and waiting tables as far as for a short amount of time making a good chunk of money. Yeah. You know, but there's times where you just, I think anybody who works in the service industry a long time just knows, like, goodness gracious, I can't do another day of this. <laughs> sure. You know, but I think that is, you know, overtly the toilet cleaning, but to be honest with you, the piece of my soul that dies thinking about some of those restaurant jobs I had to do way too many hours at. But, you know, yeah. you do it You do it for the love of the art. Yeah, it, and, but, and well, but it allows you, really you to do. audition all day, yeah. and yes. you don't have to go to work until night. But you really do. I can't imagine the people that are un- don't, are unfortunate enough to not have that same passion that we have for a, a separate thing and are just finding themselves on that job. Because there's times where that really got us through, you know, because this is, an, this is an, um, a means to an end for us, and that makes a difference in those kind of jobs. Yeah. Uh, in a world where, for whatever reason, I was to take away, there's no dance, there's no theater, there's no music... Uh, what would be the career that you wouldn't love, but you would settle for that you wouldn't necessarily hate? Hmm. Well, I kind of, I mean, I guess this job wouldn't exist if those jobs didn't exist. But I'm interested in casting. 
but <laughs> okay. that is still in well, the theater I'd vein. say that, that, you know, in the same thing, that has more of a direct career path of intern at a casting house and become a casting agent kind right. of thing, as opposed but to... But it wouldn't exist if those things didn't exist, so I'd have to come up with a different job. Fair. And I have to think about that. So, um, <laughs> gosh, uh, that's tough. I'd say, I, 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 toy, I mentioned my idea of a faith, and generally I always kick around, and I don't know if it would be the idea of a traditional church or ministry, and granted I'm thinking in minds of talking to artists and other things like that, but it could be to anybody. You know, just the idea of creating, being part of a ministry or idea that brings in encouragement and um, it comes alongside people. I can see myself being part of a, uh, you know, I can't say faith and arts now because if we've cut arts out of existence no but part of something with faith and arts or part about something you know i think for a long time the the christian faith without getting theological here in this conversation has been you know oftentimes there's people that have taken it the wrong direction it's become close-minded and uh you know pushing people away when really i think it's all about accepting and loving and i think there's a lot of uh a lot of good that can be had for a lot of people out there and so i think i'd like to be part of that nice all right, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, Seth and Jen, if, if you uh, are out there and you happen to know that Out of the Grinch Still Christmas, the uh, New York tour uh, is coming through your town, come check them out. They yes, are awesome. Definitely. Thanks, guys. This is Living the Dream. Living the Dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Drop me an email, livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes. Leave a comment. I love the feedback, so please keep it coming. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.